Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. What's up, Sean? Do we have a website? Not only do we have a website, we're getting a new website as well. A new website? Oh, my gosh. You can find our show now at texaspodcast.fm. .fm, just like your grandpa's old radio. So here's the plan, folks. We've got a new site, texaspodcast.fm. We're going to be going live soon. You'll find the site, new look, new feel, all the same great podcasts. You don't need to update your feed. You don't need to change anything right now. But uh, just check it out. The Chancellor looked over at Lady Bird Johnson and said, we've even heard of this song in Germany. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. I'm Scott Elfstrom. In 1963, just a month after the tragic death of President Kennedy, the first major diplomatic summit of the Johnson presidency was held in the heart of Texas at LBJ Ranch. This week, we talk about the amazing story of the Spare Rib Summit. But first, what's your favorite stretch of railroad in Texas? The Six Flags Railroad. Goes toot, around toot. the park. <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> Can let you off anywhere you want, as yeah. long as it's on one of the four sides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so it's just like, um, uh, so it's just like uh, Monopoly. Not Monopoly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I uh, am a big fan of the Eagle at Breckenridge Park in San Antonio. It's like silver spoons, but it's outdoors. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rode that a lot when I was a kid. Nice. It's a fun little train. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite is uh, that little German railroad inside the Bavarian Grill in Plano, Texas. Uh, it rolls around the edge of the room up near the ceiling all the way around. goes up through you know behind the wall in one spot like a little tunnel uh gives you plenty to watch while you're sitting there eating your schnitzel and drinking your beer and your one piece of pretzel bread that they give you they don't give you any more <laughs> terrible so the, here's the, the, they'll bring you more if you ask <laughs> so when people say to us what's your favorite and most important railroad the thing that transformed I, commerce in america and texas yeah <laughs> My favorite nope. might not be the most important. My favorite railroad is two feet tall and goes toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> At least mine's a real railroad <laughs> with oh. a real with a real engine. Okay. Well, I'm going to come back next week and we're going to talk about our favorite model railroads, and then we'll go from <laughs> O to H O to N gauge to the tiny Z gauge. The last two months of 1963 were a roller coaster of emotions and experiences for Texans. As the nation mourned the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, Texans' grief and shame that it had occurred in Dallas was tempered by its pride and the ascent of native son Lyndon B. Johnson to the presidency. LBJ's presidency focused initially on establishing itself and continuing the JFK legacy, but by the end of December, the time came to begin to focus on foreign policy and establishing his own way of accomplishing goals. The first four the first foreign policy test for the Johnson administration was a summit with the Chancellor of West Germany, Ludwig Erhard. The Erhard summit was originally scheduled for Washington, D.C. on November 25th, which was to be after President Kennedy's Texas tour was concluded. Obviously, the meeting was rescheduled in light of the tragedy. Erhard was in Washington on that day, but it was for President Kennedy's funeral. 
his official state visit to discuss defense matters and economic policy between these two world leaders was rescheduled for December 28th, just after Christmas. Unlike previous state visits, though, this one would be on Johnson's home ground in the hill country of Texas. Johnson returned home on December 21st to begin preparations for the visit and to spend time with his family at his ranch along the Perdinalis River, which is just west of Austin near Fredericksburg. He only took a few staff members as well as the Secret Service detail, and the press pool who accompanied him noticed that he immediately became relaxed and comfortable after a month of stress and depression in Washington, D.C. He even brought 30 members of the press into his home for an impromptu meet-and-greet of his extended family. He delayed Christmas dinner to take them on a tour through the ranch home that he shared with his wife, Ladybird. It would be the first indication for the press, accustomed to the high society of Kennedy's Camelot image, that this visit would be very different indeed. Earhart's delegation arrived on December 28th to customary pomp and circumstance at Austin's Bergstrom Air Force Base. There was a full military detail to receive them, and President Johnson and Lady Bird greeted Chancellor Earhart, accompanied by Texas Governor John Connolly, his arm still in a sling and suffering from wounds he'd received that fateful day in Dallas. There were a few statements from Earhart, Johnson, and Connolly, and then the delegations all boarded helicopters to take them to the presidential ranch, to what would become, in the words of one reporter, a state visit nothing remotely like anyone had ever seen. The LBJ was a rambling 1,500-acre property located on the north bank of the Perdinalis River in the hill country in Blanco County. Now, the closest towns are the county seat of Johnson City, which was founded by one of LBJ's relatives, Fredericksburg, and then the tiny town of Stonewall. The property, which was near the small house where LBJ was born and raised, had belonged to his aunt and uncle, and then Senator and Mrs. Johnson purchased the home in 1951 and began adding to it. President Johnson grew up loving the home, especially when his parents had gone through hard times. By the 1960s, there were six bedrooms in the house and two more in the guest house, as well as a large barn and even a small airfield. The family cemetery was on the property, and many of his aunts, uncles, and cousins lived nearby. When the delegation, which included 25 German staffers, eight members of the U.S. State Department, staff and security details, the press corps, and, of course, the Johnson family themselves arrived, they found the ranch festooned with the bunting of the red, yellow, and black colors of the West German flag and a huge sign saying, Willkommen! The president and the chancellor met in the living room, the diplomatic staff met in the den, and the press was left outside on the grounds. After meetings, President Johnson took Earhart on a tour of the ranch, showing off his Hereford cattle. That evening, 40 people crammed around three tables set up in the Johnson's dining room before adjourning to bed. Lady Bird and the Johnson daughters gave up their bedrooms, as did the ranch foreman and his wife, and staffers doubled up wherever they could. It was a tight squeeze, but the first day's work was done. The second day was Sunday, and in many ways it was the most special day for both Chancellor Earhart and for Texas. In the morning, the delegation traveled to nearby Fredericksburg. As many of our listeners are well aware, Fredericksburg was founded in 1846 by German settlers recruited by the Adelsverein Society. The community, which was at the time deep in the heart of Camancheria, had thrived over the previous century, forming a tiny bit of Germany transplanted into the Texas prairie. Even in 1963, German was as frequently spoken as was English. Street signs were in both languages, and the stores and cafes both bore German names. 
First, they went to visit the Pioneer Memorial, which honored the first German pioneers in the area. There, the mayor gave an emotional address to the German chancellor, speaking entirely in German. He asked that Erhard bring their greetings back to Germany, quote, the homeland of our forefathers. Erhard spoke to the crowd, stating that President Johnson told him, if I speak German, they will understand me better than they will understand him. The party then went to church, which was a German Gothic-style Lutheran church modeled after a church in Nuremberg. There, the hymns, including Still and Nacht, which is Silent Night, were sung entirely in German, which astonished Erhard, who told the pastor that this was a surprise. The pastor replied, the hymns are always sung in German. That afternoon, the surprises kept on coming. The delegation attended the first-ever state dinner in a Texas high school gymnasium. The tiny town of Stonewall was at the time, and still today, barely a wide spot in the road between LBJ Ranch and Fredericksburg. The wooden gym, formerly an army barracks, had been hastily repaired and painted, and 30 tables were crammed onto the basketball court. Bales of hay were set up on the stage. Instead of the battered upright piano, a beautiful grand piano was placed on that stage, but everything else was classic Texas. From the saddles and Indian blankets and wagon wheels decorating the place to the red checker tablecloths with kerosene lanterns. Yeah. For the 300-plus local guests and over 50 diplomats and reporters, a genuine Texas feast was prepared. LBJ's favorite caterer, Fort Worth's Walter Jetton, set up a chuck wagon outside the front door and had been cooking barbecue on spits since 5 a.m. 500 pounds of beef brisket, 300 pounds of pork spare ribs are being prepared, along with hickory barbecue sauce, German potato salad, coleslaw, baked beans, and sourdough biscuits. Dessert was a local German chocolate cake recipe that had come to Fredericksburg with the pioneers. And of course, there was coffee in tin cups and beer and paper ones. The ambiance was very loose and casual. The president and chancellor hit the buffet line together, walking back to their table with a heaping plate of food. Locals and diplomats mingled freely, and the Texas Germans chatted it up with their German cousins. LBJ glad-handed with the guests like he was on the campaign trail, while Lady Bird and Chancellor Earhart visited with guests at the head of the table. The entertainment was uniquely Texas as well. A local country band, the Wanderers 3, was amped up to seven members for the occasion, and they played during the meal. So I guess they would be the Wanderers 7. A local comedian named Cactus Pryor served as the MC, and apologies were made to the chancellor because, quote, they were unable to find a way to barbecue sauerkraut. There was a Mexican, <laughs> yeah, there was a Mexican mariachi band that played, and then the Fredericksburg High School Billets performed a dance number. Next, the girls' choir of St. Mary's High School sang more German carols, finishing with Tief in der Herz von Texas. Uh, there's a funny story that, uh, Yes, they did indeed with the clapping <laughs> did occur. And there's a funny story that that uh, the chancellor looked over at Lady Bird Johnson and said, we've even heard of this song in Germany. So, <laughs> there you go. But the evening closed so, out. So keep keep clapping. Keep clapping. Clap. You can hear it all over the world. <laughs> well, the evening closed out with the reason for the grand piano. This was Texan piano virtuoso Van Clyburn, who thrilled the audience with selections from Beethoven, Brahms, and Bach. Finally, the night ended with President Johnson presenting Chancellor Erhard with the 40-liter Stetson hat, and then the Chancellor and President shook hands with each guest in attendance, forever endearing both of them to the grateful people of Fredericksburg and Stonewall. To say this visit was a triumph is an understatement. 
Earhart came away from the visit with a deep respect, appreciation, and admiration for President Johnson, as well as the people of Texas. On the surface, the two men were very different. Earhart was a chubby, fussy academic, while Johnson was a big, rough, lean political fighter. But the visit to Johnson's home, seeing him with the people who he knew and who saw him as a native son, allowed Earhart to see that they had the same moral ideals and political ideas. He said, quote, they looked at the world with the same eyes. Erhard saw that he had a firm ally who would support West Germany in its continued economic recovery and defense against the ever-present threat of the communist bloc. For Johnson, it showed that as president, he could chart his own course. He was able to honor Kennedy's legacy and accomplish Kennedy's goals without having to do everything the Kennedy way. The summit on the Perdinale showed that he could put his own stamp on the administration and do so with confidence. Stetson's statementship, as Newsweek had called it, was here to stay. The Spare Rib Summit would, in many ways, create the lasting image of the Johnson presidency, and as he'd always done in his political life, LBJ would make the most of it. Who's hungry? Yeah, what a great story. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that is a good story. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing of, you know, when I talk to people about Texas, non-Texans, a lot of people sort of, they have a lot of assumptions about what Texas is. And the, I, I tell people, like, one of the biggest differentiations between Texas and a lot of other places is not, they go, well, it was in its own country, and he, there's best part of it. But really the influence of the European immigrant population in the mid-1800s really had a very big influence on what Texas is and what it's become. So it's nice yeah. that he was able to say, well, I, hey, this German guy's coming. Let me take him to Fredericksburg. <laughs> yeah, I grew up there. I grew up with these people. I know these people because they were around. They were down the road from me when I grew up. So it, it just shows that that Johnson Johnson was just a different politician than than Kennedy was. But he was a consummate politician. He knew and understood where to play to the right strengths, and he knew that he wasn't going to be comfortable being the suave, smooth, you know. Or, you know, urban sophisticate that that Kennedy was. He he was going to play to the things that made him strong, and that was and in the places he was comfortable, and that was at home, and that was in Texas, and that was this playing using the strengths of Texas to the country's benefit. And so, so bringing you know bringing the chancellor into his home was part of it, but the but the bigger part I think, and the bigger thing of Texas is is showing him this is this is how Germany is like. This is how this is how Germany is like America, and America is like Germany. Here in Texas, in the prairie, you know, right down from my ranch is a German community where German is spoken, where people are proud of their German heritage, and and that that they they have a connection, and that we are the same. You know, we're not we're not at war anymore, and we're not we're not against each other. We're we're the same. So, I think that's great. I think it's a great story. Uh, it, you know, and it shows that. That Johnson, you know, Johnson gets a lot of bad flack for the Vietnam stuff, and as a as a foreign policy, as it was domestic, he's got he's got a great admiration, but he always gets flack for Vietnam. But I think it shows that that in in other areas, he was still strong in foreign policy as much as he was in domestic policy. So uh, I love it. I, I love the idea of a barbecue where the president and the chancellor of Germany are eating barbecue and talking to people and listening to a three man band that's got seven members and. High school drill team and 
and, and an apology for not having barbecued sauerkraut. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is this on? These are the jokes, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm particularly partial to this story uh, just because of its, um, you know, the German heritage of Texas is something that I've always considered uh, close to me, uh, given that uh, my grandmother is German. Um, so um, I've always been... Uh, interested in in that aspect of our history. So uh, as, as deeply as it's rooted in this whole deal, uh, it was really cool to read about. I also love the story at the beginning that he, you know, he took the press, Roth Press into his house and, you know, reading reading that, reading Robert Carroll's description of it is uh, from his the big biography of Johnson. It's like he introduced him to his, his daughters and his wife, who they already knew, and then they introduced him to the grandmother and the cousin and the aunt that lives down the street down the road and the and the, uh, the aunt and the uncle who was a uh, work for for southwestern bell and it's like it's like 28 28 family members he just introduced them to and then they took him into the house and he tried to go into the ladybird's bedroom and the door was locked because she was still cleaning it up and great stories i mean that's 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 what's great about johnson is it's a fascinating character of con- contradictions galore but you know this is this is his a shining texas moment for him i think that wraps things up for today you can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com and be sure to keep your eye on texaspodcast.fm for our new website experience we'd love to hear from you so like and share us on facebook follow the show on twitter at texas podcast or go to brainstaple.com and leave some feedback you can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com and why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show, so get out there and tell your friends about how great Come and Take It and the state of Texas are. Make sure you leave a review on iTunes because it really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, go to patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you, too, can become a Come and Take It Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. <laughs>